Sarah DeCampo, Phil Ballingham, two cross-country athletes heading to the Winter Olympics for Australia very, very shortly. What did you make of the music? I promised I was going to ask that. Yeah, definitely a little bit Christmassy, but you sort of um, biased us a little. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's fine. It's good. I, I imagine like snowflakes and... Um, and snow and laughter. Um, yeah, you definitely get the wintry vibes, but there might mm. be a Santa's sleigh coming along yeah, as well. Yeah, the innocence of children. Yeah. Mm. But that's associated with winter as well, so beautiful. Yeah, yeah. beautiful. You, you guys hang, hang around the kind of northern parts of the world quite a bit. Have you seen Santa before? Are you hanging around? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we see him around. Wears the same bit. red suit over here as he does in Australia, so oh. easy to recognise. <laughs> they actually do in Sweden. I don't know if you had Christmas in Sweden, but Santa, like, actually comes to deliver the presents. Like, in Australia, you'd, like, leave the cookies at the chimney and, like, the presents are just there overnight. But, like, their tradition is, like, on Christmas Eve, someone just dresses up as him and, like, comes to the door. Um. Yeah, so I guess I have seen him. Like, oh, jeez. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. Well, I, I should say, mate, I'm not sure what you're doing leaving the cookies in the chimney. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the fireplace. Yeah. <laughs> Bit of a strange uh, Christmas tradition going on there. But speaking of strange things, uh, I'll ask you, Phil, have you seen, have you read your Wikipedia page uh, recently? Haha. <laughs> Yeah, I have actually. I don't know why I read that, but, yeah, I got on there and someone's obviously put a bit of work in there and <laughs> they put a pretty descriptive description in there and they also just changed all my Olympic results to first. So I think I'm like a seven-time gold medalist according to that Wikipedia site. <laughs> Unfortunately, not the case, but good by them. <laughs> yeah. Well, for Beijing, it's already predicted your outcome. It says you're going to come first in the 15-kilometre freestyle and minus third in the men's sprint. So that's good achievement. Yeah, pretty unbelievable. <laughs> I'm just so fast, yeah. That's what, that's yeah. what happens. <laughs> Won the race before it's even started. Record-breaking <laughs> stuff. I'll, I'll just read a little bit out of like the, the intro bit. So it uh-huh, starts off with hello it. there and then talks about your date of birth and then it says Philip Bellingham not to be confused with Prince Philip Duke of Edinburgh is also notorious for his ability to send the gnarly downhills like a G he's competed in several <laughs> <laughs> several Red Bull Nordics events where he made Australia extremely proud Phil also known as Phil Pot is known for sending big mountains and big hoppet after parties he's literally built different big up my guy Phil smiley face uh, yeah, like there's a bit of truth in there, I guess. But um, yeah, maybe it's probably not the best things to be put on Wikipedia. But anyway, we're, we're like, oh, I've got a bit of an idea who who it might have been who wrote that description. I'll, I'll have a chat to him one day. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Sevy, is it? No, no, it's not Sevy. No, it's not funny okay. enough. That guy. <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll say it didn't do a whole lot of good for my research, mate. But it, it is quite, <laughs> yeah, it's, good, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. But um, I should just say, no, no one should really be trusting that Wikipedia page with the events that you're going to be in. So I know you're in a few. Phil, we'll start with you. 
What events are you going to be in in Beijing? Um, I'm, at the moment, I'm tossing up between four and five events. Um, I'll definitely be in the sprint, um, the 15K and the 50K. If I ski fast enough, I'll then get a spot in the two-man team sprint and I might race the 30K skiathlon. Um, just sort of I'll make the decision on that last event based on the course and the conditions um, and how I'm fit, sort of feeling those first few days. Yeah, yeah right, got you. That, that does seem very late. Is that a normal thing? Very what late? Very late. Did you say? Yeah. Um. So, was it late as in like as in when you're late deciding to, like, to decide how many events you're in? Can, I mean, sorry. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Look, I guess the thing is with the skiathlon, it's a 30k race, and they have it. They run it on a really short loop. Because the way it is, you you ski on a certain top of skis, then halfway through you change the skis over, and basically, unless you're skiing quite close to the winners, you run the chance of getting lapped off. So if you get caught by the leaders, um, then yeah, like you won't be able to finish anyway. So like you have to be skiing at a really high level, I guess, to be able to finish that that event. So I guess that's what I'll take into account. Just um, how possible that's going to be for me. Yeah, gotcha. And Sevi, are you still tossing up with what events you're going to do or is it locked in? Um, a little bit of tossing. Um, <clears throat> I'm basically the same as Phil. Um, I'm maybe less so planning in the 30K at the start. Um, um, but, yeah, otherwise um, sprint, um, 15K classic, uh, hopefully – team sprint um if i'm skiing well and the 50k um to finish with um which i'm looking forward to um i think that's also one of the oldest um events in olympic history like it was it was in the um olympic schedule back in 1924 um the originals one of the big originals um back when there were only five sports uh at the winter olympics so um it'll be great to um have a good one there and, you know it real has, one for the one for the history books history books <laughs> yeah <laughs> indeed but has um has phil given you any little bit of um nuggets of advice or li- little tips because he's been to a couple of olympics as i think we were saying off air but has he, has he given you any tips for preparing yeah, he yeah he see, he like sort of trickles them out a few gold nuggets. Um, he um, yeah, I think he's been saying um, to um, just enjoy it. Um, I, he mentioned something about how the mogul team always um, finish their events super early, and they just hang around and like party and distract everyone. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <dude>. <laughs> um, for the rest of it, so he was saying, just stay away from them and just remain focused. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, also, another thing is like be prepared for the the races are usually in the afternoon, so um, <clears throat> we might have to adjust our sleep cycle just to like. Um, be super fresh for like a four or four or five pm start each day. Um, yeah, lots of other 
good advice. If I think of some other good ones, I'll I'll speak up. Um, <laughs> was there stress, something that you... clearly not offering? Up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a bit like how um, my dad. I just kind of zoned out if he tries to <laughs> sit me down, give <laughs> bits of nuggets of advice, especially when I was probably in my uh, younger teenage <laughs> years. But um, Phil, did, did you have a bit of a history with the mogul team back in the day uh, with their antics? Um, <laughs> I guess not hugely, but um, maybe a little bit jealous that they get to go out and have fun earlier than us. But, <laughs> <laughs> no, I know some of the Moguls team and um, all quite well, actually, like grew up in the same town as Britt Cox. Um, so, yeah, they're all great people. But, um, no, I might have just mentioned at one point that, um, like, they're, they're done, like, second or third day or something like that. So, in in previous times, they've been able to just go out and enjoy uh, the games and sort of watch events and go out at night or whatever and um, all that, which I guess we would as well after our last event, but our last event is on the second last day, so not as much time for that. Um, but this year, everyone has to leave the Olympic Village the day or 48 hours after their last event. So I think we're... Come the end of the games, we might be one of the only teams left. I think it's just us and the one bobsledders. Yeah, so it might be a little bit of a grim state of affairs at the end. Could be good for us, though, getting um, all the attention. Yeah, that'd be good, nice. <laughs> yeah, stars of the show, no doubt. Heaps of, heaps of media coverage on the back end there. You'll be the uh, the heroes of all the Australians back here. But, yeah. Phil, Carry your, your last two Olympics, yeah. uh, Sochi, Pyeongchang, uh, tell us a bit about your experience just overall, how you felt uh, going to those two places. Yeah, so the first one in Sochi, I guess I was quite nervous and it was um, almost a little bit overwhelming, really. Um, super exciting. Uh, I got there and... Um, almost overwhelmed by everything that's going on. It's just a really busy time. Like you've got to obviously prepare for your races and then there's a lot of media stuff going on and you so G'd up. I was actually sort of having trouble sleeping because um, <laughs> it was just it's so exciting. And um, I probably didn't end up racing as well as I should have, I guess, maybe just because of the pressure. Um, so that was a little bit disappointing, but... Um, then going into my second one in Pyeongchang, I guess I was a lot more relaxed and knew what to expect and um, sort of got through all the other things associated with the Olympics and um, was able to focus on my skiing a bit more and just, I guess, really hone in on the races. Um, the experience of Pyeongchang was probably more of an enjoyable one for me because we were in the athlete village that had all the other competitors from the other sports and I got to know a lot of the Australian um, athletes and they were a really great bunch of people. So that was that was unreal. Yeah. Yeah, sounds awesome. And how are you feeling coming into this one? Do you still get those feelings of nervousness or is it just like excitement? Um, yeah, I still get nervous. Not as much as I have in the past and I've obviously been doing this for quite a while so I know I guess what I need to do and what I'm capable of doing so not so concerned on that side of things but yeah definitely still get excited and um, look forward to the racing and seeing everyone that's going to be over there. I'll put this one to Sevi actually. Do you 
um, we were speaking about like the feelings of nervousness, but when you're actually on the slopes um, or just on yeah on on the snow, uh, do you get scared at all? Are there any scary moments that happen uh, in competition or not? Not scary. I th- maybe you, like I imagine scary might be for something like bobsled or like downhill when you're going that fast down a, a run, but. Yeah, like nerves are something that come in and um, it's definitely when you're starting out on World Cup and your first world champs and I maybe imagine Olympics, um, seeing all the best athletes or the guys going for gold um, can be a little bit intimidating. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, you just I think you can probably psych yourself out if you're a bit too nervous or um thinking about too many things before the start. So, um, yeah, I think it's important just to um, stick to your own plan and um, be able to hold focus on yourself and what you're doing. So, Uh, yeah. When you're actually um, doing your skiing, is there an ideal headspace that you're in uh, just when you're on top of your game, really on form? Um, Yeah, yeah, like... uh, when I'm in a good headspace, I'm <clears throat> basically there's no distractions. I'm focusing on what's coming up in the course, um, where to push, and like um, sort of in a frame of mind where I really want to keep pushing through different sections of the course, um, <clears throat> and like loving hurting basically. Um, it's a funny phrase, but yeah, like it's a very exhausting and physically demanding sport. So um, if you can get yourself to the uh, like have a day where you really just want to push as hard as you can, and and you're enjoying like hurting yourself a bit, like um, then it's yeah, it can be quite enjoyable even. Yeah, well, that's all part of the the love for it, I guess, for you guys that are obviously, well, fair to say, you're super into your skiing. But now we'll, we'll interrupt the kind of general skiing chat and Phil, put it to you. I told you how um, Jess Yaten had a question that she wanted me to ask uh-huh. you. She said there was something going on with a music video and we were all left in the dark waiting for you to fill us in about this. So can you enlighten us about the situation with this music video that's happening? Uh, yeah so I guess it started from a situation years ago where the American ski team um, challenged everyone or the the American cross-country team challenged everyone to put out a music video sort of like a bit of a competition and us guys put out this um, Katy Perry I Kissed a Girl parody and it was quite horrible to watch and um (laughs) Yeah, it got did. a lot of views though. Got a lot of views. Um, yeah, some people would say not all publicity is good publicity, but um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I guess probably eight years on, we had the idea of how we could maybe get a bit more publicity and thought, oh, yeah, we'll bring up another music video. And so we've been piecing together something and um, Sevy's been working pretty hard on it. And um, We've done it to the the Shrek soundtrack. Yeah, All Star. All Star. Starring Phil as Shrek. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, 
Yeah, if you want to watch it, it's out on Oz Olympic Team um, Instagram um, and Australian XC Ski Team Facebook page. Yeah. So, so give it a watch. Yeah. Since Jess uh, mentioned that it's already been released, so <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, people should check that. Out. I haven't seen it myself, so I'm going to check that out as well. But just one more thing I want to know on this: Phil, did you put the hand up for the Shrek role, or did people nominate you? Oh, I was definitely just put into that position. <laughs> there was no choosing. It's just like, oh, yeah, that's me. I'm that guy. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, speaking of Jess and just the, the whole camp, I know you're in camp with, uh, well, is it the whole cross-country team, skiing team? Can you tell me a bit about, like, the, the personalities in that team? Yeah, so at the moment we've got um, five out of the six athletes who are going to the games here on a camp um, specifically for just the athletes who are going to the games. So we're all in the same mindset, training towards the same thing. Um the youngest athlete on the team, Hugo, he's been off with, I guess, the younger team um, doing some different competitions and he's going to meet us in a few days. He's he's actually arrived here, but he's just in isolation um, just to avoid any COVID, <laughs> <laughs> COVID uh, <clears throat> situations that we don't want to deal with just because if we do contract COVID at the moment, basically we can't go to the game. So <clears throat> we're living a little bit of a hermit um, lockdown type of life, um, but it's good because the, the teammates are all uh, pretty fun to be around, and um, we all get on pretty well. Um, we're going a little bit insane at the moment just because, well, this place doesn't even have internet, so we're kind of hanging around playing a bunch of board games. We've even just like started painting pictures yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I set up the painting for Phil. Um, not come in, and he's just he's made this beautiful. Um, picture of like mountains and yeah it's kind of where my intellectual ability is at so. <laughs> <laughs> stunning stunning work from uh, oh yeah geez that that's absolutely beautiful we've got to chuck a little snapshot <laughs> of that on the socials this I is reckon. one of this is one of <laughs> sevi i did this one yeah absolutely horrible but is that it <laughs> uh, so, yeah. looks like it yeah <laughs> So <laughs> it, it looks like it, but is it intended to be, or is it just something? No, it wasn't actually. Yeah, it was just like a Martian, like a Martian walking through the, through space, sort of thing. Um, right. Yeah. So no, uh, yeah. Back to the original question. The team's pretty great to be around. A lot of fun. Yeah. And keep each other well into sort of, but like, also hard working. Hard working. They get well. us. Get. Yeah. Keep each other going in terms of training, get each other out there working pretty hard. So that's, that's a good thing. <laughs> the COVID thing was sort of, um, I don't know, we, we have had to be a bit careful, but like with the Hugo thing, um, to get him over here with us, basically like physio went and picked him up in Austria, drove him over here in Switzerland, but then they've got the separate ACOM, which is like probably 10 minutes walk away from us receiving their results from PCR tests just to make sure he doesn't bring in COVID from Austria or something like that. So Yeah, or just to make sure they can get it on the way. Yeah. <clears throat> Doing like two tests. Um, once they've passed those tests, they'll then join the team in a couple of days for when we fly. And then, yeah, hopefully we're basically just taking every precaution we can not to get COVID with <laughs> Yeah, the main reason being that we can't race if we get it. 
It's actually interesting, a couple of the Norwegian skiers um, who were doing a pre-camp in Italy, um, their coach got COVID um, a few days ago and then basically they've all just been in isolation getting PCR tests um, and unfortunately two of the women and one of the men, um, the guy actually won gold in Pyeongchang, have tested positive. So um it's probably quite sad at the moment for them and I think there's probably a small chance they might be able to race towards the end of Beijing still. But, um, yeah, it's actually pretty serious um, if you think about it like that. Yeah. Does it play on your mind much, like getting COVID? Are you nervous about it? Um, I guess in terms of having the illness itself, like I'm not concerned about that at all really. It's more just the fact that if you return a negative test at some point, yeah, China won't let you in the country. Positive. And, oh, sorry, positive, yeah. You won't be allowed in the country and therefore your games is just over. Yeah. Uh, and there's nothing you can do about it. So in, that, in terms of that side of things, yeah, like it's I guess you get a little bit nervous but it's sort of out of your control. Like we're doing everything we can at the moment to avoid getting it. So if we do somehow get it, maybe it's supermarket mm. or something. I guess it's just the worst luck. Yeah. But yeah, we're doing enough so that we can sleep well at night, I think. Yeah. 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 Um, <clears throat> sorry, I'll just like edit this out, obviously, but it's five past eight your time. Fif- another mm. 15, 20, is that too long? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah that's okay. fine. Awesome. No worries. Cool. Uh, what was I going to say? <clears throat> All right, here we go. <laughs> it's back. So, obviously, uh, you, your thing, it's an individual sport, cross-country scheme, but you, you guys are part of the Australian team and you, you guys would race in the same races all the time. If there's a the close finish between you, what, what's the feeling like in the, in the tour, in the camp? If there's a close finish between a, the two of us, you yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess Sevi and I have actually get, been going sort of almost – tit for tat a little bit like recently like he'll come out on top sometimes and then I'll come out on top sometimes it's like it's a bit of a case of like you always want to finish um on top but at the same point like if you don't it doesn't really worry me like you're also happy for your teammates to have a good race too and um yeah like if Phil's skiing at his best and I'm only a few seconds back, then I guess it means that I'm also skiing pretty well. Um, It's funny, like we had Olympic qual races early in December um, and, you know, there's a field of like 100 guys. Um, This is a European Cup and at times we just felt like it was like just an Australian champs (laughs) trying to beat the other (laughs) Aussies in the race and, and the other guys were just like there just in the background. Um, <clears throat> I guess it won't really be like that at the Olympics, but, um, but yeah, feeling's not too bad. Um, as I said, if you're skiing well then and you're skiing at your own best, then you can be happy with that. Um, we actually had a photo finish um, in Parisha in August in the sprint um, where Australian, Australian, Australian national champs, um, where we both lunged for the line, um, which Phil came out on top 
Um, <laughs> of course, like he has over the last 10 years. <laughs> um, even though I won the time trial by a few seconds, he just finds a way sometimes. <laughs> um, so I was a little bit annoyed about that because that meant um, a bit more support over here with um, the Continental Cup leader and whatever. Um, but yeah. So Phil, when you are finishing a bit ahead of seven, like I mean, you said, you're going for tit for tat. But um, yeah, where, when you are just that little bit better than him, what is it that makes you that little bit better than him? What makes you the good skier, the Olympic level skier you are? Um, uh, I guess part of it would just be like freshness on the day. Like if um, it could just be that the training has worked out for me a little bit better and I've come out with a little bit more energy and can get over the line or vice versa. Like maybe I've overdone the training and um, Sevy's a little bit fresher and he can come out on top. But I guess the work is also done um, throughout the um, training season leading in months and months before, um, making sure you do everything right then. Um, Yeah, Sevy's probably a better skier, but maybe I've just had a little bit more experience. (laughs) Yeah, the experience comes in sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, Sevy, can you tell me how you boys qualified for Beijing? Yeah, um, yeah. It was a little bit different to previous years. Um, so this year they set aside a month. So it was December where there were four weekends of racing, um, a couple of World Cups and a couple of European Cups, um, sort of like the VFL version of the AFL. Mm. Um, and, yeah, basically you just had to race well and be in the top uh, three Australians or We've got a fourth spot now, so I guess top four Australian skiers um, throughout that month. We had a guaranteed quota of three male athletes and two female athletes at the Games. So we knew you had to be in the top three yeah. to be guaranteed. Yeah, so you had to be in the top three. Um, and, yeah, previously they um, – there were also additional criteria if you wanted to sort of guarantee your spot, like if you skied top 60% of the World Cup field in that month as well, basically that would just guarantee your own spot rather than leaving it up to the selection committee to decide who was in the top three or whatever. Um, so, yeah, um, in previous years you've had to reach um, additional criteria um, set by um, the Australian committee before that, but some of the criteria was scrapped because of COVID cancelling a few of the races in the last couple of years. Um, but I won't go into that. Anyway, um, just basically ski fast in December and you go to the games. Beat the other boys. Beat the other boys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was, it was um, pretty heated in the uh, women's side for a bit. Um, and, um, but yeah, so that was enjoyable to um, watch. So, Phil, yeah. in Beijing, uh, now that you have qualified, uh, what, what are you aiming for? Are you aiming for a particular placement in any of your <coughs> events or just there to have a good time? Yeah, like I guess – Originally, for me, 
my best events have been the sprint events. So, like, in the years leading up to um, Beijing, I had a goal of, like, going top 30 in the sprint and making finals. But um, getting a little bit older now and I'm not sprinting probably as well as I have in the past. So that's maybe a little bit of an unrealistic goal. I'm actually skiing probably better in the distance races now than I am in the sprints. So I guess my goals have sort of shifted a bit um, more towards, I guess, the longer events, maybe even the 50K. Um, <clears throat> I guess for us, we're not really in metal contention. So our goals um, are a little bit further back than uh, what I guess Aussie spectators might hope. Um, but, yeah, like with cross-country skiing, there's there'll be up to and probably more than 100 competitors in some of the events. So if you can even go top 50, like that's, that's a pretty good result for us. So if I could do that in the 50K, like that would be, be a really good thing. Yeah, well, I mean – even more simply than that, like getting there just overall is just absolutely incredible. And both of you guys have done that. So very well done to you. But Sevi, just quickly, your have you got goals for the Olympics? Yes, similar to Phil, um, I'd love to go top 50 in the uh, 15K um, classic, which is uh, there probably will be like 130, 140 in that field. Um so pretty big field um yeah that'd be super nice to ski like that in that event um so yeah obviously mm-hmm. I'm, I'm all right at the other events but um but yeah to set a put a number on it yeah top 50 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all, right, <laughs> least, mate. all right say the least but before we get into our uh very famous very well regarded final segment of the show we've got a couple of Deeper questions for the both of you. This one, we don't usually have this one, but two guests thought I'd ask it. Phil, first one for you. Uh, the cool thing about hanging out with Sevi DeCampo is what? <laughs> <laughs> I guess the chat he brings is quite reasonable. It's never boring. It's never quiet. And we're always having a good laugh. So I'll give that to him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer, Phil. Uh, Sevi, same question for you, but about uh, Phil, of course. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, he can be funny when he wants to be. Um, and um, Not a lot. Yeah, not a lot, really. <laughs> just like um, sort of stares, at the, stares at the wall a little bit. Um, <laughs> no, nah, he's good fun, uh, good chat as well. Um and uh, just and also just the you know the stories he tells um from uh, years gone past um you could ask you could ask him about Phil Bellingham Sochi dance floor um circa 2014 after the show if you like <laughs> um but yeah a lot of good stories from him um so yeah well, you know, I reckon when we get you in the studio po- post games here, we might have to ask you about this one because uh, I know we are kind of running out of time on this one. But the final question before the final segment that we ask to everyone, uh, no matter who the guest is, Phil, to you first, do you have a life philosophy, mate? Any quote or anything like that you let, live your life by because you've uh, done very well in your field of choice? Uh-huh. I guess no, I don't really have like a specific um, saying or line or anything like that, but 
I just try and take um, basically every opportunity that comes to me at the time, like rather than putting things back and saying, oh, I want to one day do that or do that later in my life or I'll do that at some point. I just try and do every opportunity that I get basically immediately. So never miss out on anything, I guess, is the main the main way I go about it. Yeah. That's lovely, man. I like that a lot. Sevi, same question to you. Do you have a life philosophy of any kind? Um, yeah, be passionate um, and be kind to yourself and to others. Bloody beautiful. <laughs> um, Complete with the hand gestures as well. Love it. Yeah. No, but I also take opportunities and um, I said earlier in the show, run your own ship a little bit or be prepared to run your own ship. I like that one. Work like hard. Too, Come on, work hard, work hard. <laughs> <laughs> People can uh, hear that running your own ship thing and a bit more in their pocket profiles, of course, which you can check out. But uh, I mentioned final segment here. We'll get into it. And uh, it's called the Where Do We Begin Quiz. It is oh, it's, it's just so famous, so well-loved, and I'm going to hit the music for it. Here at uh, Where Do We Begin, boys, we take this quiz very, very seriously, more seriously than you guys take the Winter Olympics, I reckon. So uh, I hope you're very mm-hmm. in the zone here. We're doing things a bit differently because there's no Lockie. Usually we pit the guest or the guests against Lockie, asking some kind of weird and wacky questions, but had to get a bit creative without Lockie. So what we've done, uh, with all these Winter Olympian guests, we've given them Winter Olympics uh, based questions and for, uh, we've put up a leaderboard on our social media uh, there were eight questions for our last two guests Nick Timmings and uh, Jess Yaten they both got two out of eight I've got six questions for you guys because there are two of oh. you fewer questions but if you can get more than two questions right you're on top of the Winter Olympics quiz leaderboard does that make sense? yeah challenge accepted yeah let's jump right into it yeah yeah, let's, let's jump right into it. Indeed. So the first question is this. I've actually got some uh, question music for it. I'll hit that, actually. <laughs> Boys, uh, you can collaborate on this, of course. Which country leads the all-time Winter Olympic medal tally? Norway. Norway is absolutely correct. Nice, easy one to start. Easy one yeah, to start. We're yeah. not here to mess around. <laughs> 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 you're on the board. You've got uh, one out of one. If you get one more, uh, you're, you're equal top. So, But if you get two more, you've taken out the whole thing before we Ooh, talk yes. to more Winter Olympians post-games. Question two is this. Uh, speaking of Norway, actually, in which games did Norway's Magne Mermo become the last athlete to win a cross-country skiing event using an all-wooden uh, using all wooden skis? Um, maybe like in the um, 70s or the 60s. Yeah, like Sarajevo, I think. Do you know any of the games in the 60s? Oh, not really the 60s. If you give me a year, I'll, I'll take that. You don't have to give me a location. You just give me a year. Uh, okay. Well, it used to be in line with the summer games. Um, 1964. No, it'd be way earlier. 80... 80s wooden skis. 50. Oh, okay. 82. Okay. 82. 
1980. No, 1982 wasn't even an Olympic. Uh, 1980. It's going in 80. 1980. He's incorrect. Mm. <laughs> the answer is all the, all Sapporo. The 1972. So, what, what was the place? Sapporo. Oh, Sapporo. Yeah, yeah. Sapporo, however yes. you want to say it. But uh, yeah. you want to have two boys. Uh, you need to get two more yeah, to right. the leaderboard. Question three is this. Two current day Winter Olympic sports have been held at the Summer Olympics in the past. Can you tell me what these Winter Olympic sports are? Um, ice skating, you think? Yeah, ice skating would be one. Yeah. Um, uh, bobsled? Be uh, like track skating and like maybe figure skating. Oh, uh, yeah. Two? Just two or? Just two. Are you going track skating and figure skating? Yeah. Or okay. blocking. You've locked it in. Track skating and figure skating. Let's get a bit of a... Well, no, it's probably too early for a drum roll, but figure skating is correct. Track skating <laughs> is incorrect. Uh, you need both for the point, boys. The second one was ice hockey. Oh, okay. Yeah. Ice hockey, yeah. yeah. So yeah, they're cool. both holding, holding uh, Antwerp in the uh, 1920 summer, summer Olympics and figure skating wow. was in London as well in 1908. Strangely enough. Oh, oh, wow. There you go. Um, question four. We'll move on. We'll whip through these. Question four is this. So not including these upcoming Beijing Games, Australia has sent cross-country skiers to 13 Olympics. So I'm going to give you four countries now. Two of these countries have sent cross-country skiers to more Olympics than Australia, and two of these countries have sent cross-country skiers to fewer Olympics than Australia. The countries are Brazil, Estonia, Japan, and Czechoslovakia, which, uh, bear in mind, Czechoslovakia stopped existing 30-odd years ago. So those are your four countries. Which ones have featured in more uh, cross-country events in the Olympics in Australia and which have featured in less. So Brazil is less. Brazil and so Czechoslovakia is less and Japan and Estonia more. Yep. Okay, Japan so and Estonia more and Czech, uh, Slovakia and Brazil less. So Brazil have featured in less. They featured in five. Japan have featured in 21, so more. But Czechoslovakia featured in 16 and Estonia featured in 9. So you're incorrect, boys. Oh, Estonia. Not a good run here. Yeah. Come on. Not many for Estonia. Yeah. Yeah, not many. Surprising one there. Unfortunate yeah. country. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're one from four. You're on the road here. You need to get two from two at the end to come out on top. Oh, the, uh, come on. Winter Olympics quiz leaderboard oh, before we take our little break <laughs> for the actual games. Horrible in this. Yeah. Question five. The pressure's really ramped up on this one, and I'll play that pressure music. By population, what's the smallest country that'll be represented in men's cross country skiing in Beijing? Yeah. It's either Montenegro, Andorra, um, is Andorra, Andorra surely the smallest? Yeah, let's go with that. Uh, Andorra. Locking in Andorra. I'll get a drum roll going. <laughs> you need this. 
come on. You need this very, very badly. Andorra has a population of 77,500 people and it is the smallest nation that will be represented yes. in men's cross-country skiing. Well done. You've, yeah. take, you've got yes. one back. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. So you're we, know our, we know our stuff. Yep. They've got uh, old mate. Do you, do you want to say his name? I'm not going to have a go at pronouncing it. Do you know, do you know the guy? Altimiras Esteve. Yep. That, that's Esteve it. Altimiras. <laughs> He's actually pretty good. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Um, Liechtenstein actually have a female athlete. They're even smaller than Andorra, but no male athletes. So uh, that would have been uh, incorrect. But you got it right anyway. The last question excellent. is question yeah. six, and you need this one to come out outright top of the leaderboard. <laughs> Here's the music. Come on. So, of course, Beijing had the Summer Olympics just uh, 14 years ago, but to the nearest 100... How many days will there have been between the Beijing 08 closing ceremony and the Beijing 2022 opening ceremony when it comes around? To the nearest hundred, how many days? <coughs> can we use a calculator or...? <laughs> no, you cannot use a calculator. You've got to use mental arithmetic here, boys. <laughs> so I know that the opening ceremony in 08 was the 8th of the 8th. August. It's the closing so ceremony have, we're talking here. Yeah, well, it, it would have finished around the end of August then, sure. Yeah. August. So, eight by 365. Or, no, no, 14 by 365 because it's like four years. Jeez, um, that's intense maths, though. It is pretty intense maths. Uh, you know what? I'll give you, if you get within 200 either side, I'll give you the points. <laughs> um, okay, so no, 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 we're There's... just uh, thinking. Um, I'm going to say 5,000 and um, yeah, let's go 5,000 days. 5,000 days. I'm as dumb days. as a fridge, so let's just lock that in. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we might need to take this for the uh, the court for arbitration in podcast quizzes because I did see some slight signalling going on to someone in the background there. No, uh, like, yeah, yeah, no, no. <laughs> oh, 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 okay, okay. But look, I'll, I'll let it fly, whatever it may have been. But you need to get within 200. You said 5,000. If you've got it correct, if you are within 200, you've come up top on the Winter Olympics quiz leaderboard. Let's get a drum roll going. <laughs> You've gone over. The answer is 4,912. So you've got within uh, within 88. Got the point. So and we've done it. That means you've taken out top spot. <laughs> oh. Yes. 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 <laughs> so pumped. Yes. <laughs> that yes. girl's come back for the ages. Elated. Absolutely elated. Yeah, I feel like euphoria sort of rushing through my body. <laughs> yeah, I, I can see the delight on both of your faces. Um, <laughs> it, it, we, we love to see it. Um, but you know what? On that note, on that just highest of high notes, I will say thank you. Thank you so much for coming on, boys. It's, I've really enjoyed it, actually. <laughs> you know, thank you. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Harper. Yeah, it's been good. Good chat. Yeah, it's been it's been very good. I, ho- I hope you go well in Beijing, and I hope all our listeners enjoyed the show too. So thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll see you uh, post Winter Olympics actually with some more Winter Olympic athletes.
Awesome. Can't wait. Lovely, lovely. Thanks a lot. Keen. Cool.